I'll tell you what, she's ready now. So what was it like in Zimbabwe, Diana? Sorry, Bruce, we seem to have had a few hiccups in trying to get this interview we sorted. Have, but, uh, but you see how keen we are to have you on. We persist. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> okay, well, in the interest of time, um, just to just to clarify this, for, I just went on a short road trip, and uh, these are sort of anecdotal observations sure. rather than oh. a research trip. But just to, just to um, I, I, I was in Victoria Falls for a couple of days, and um, it was interesting to see that tourism does appear to be picking up there. Um, as uh, the, what they, the government did was they made um, the vaccine rollout a priority in Victoria Falls in order to boost tourism. So most of the adults in that town have had the shot, and that has helped to attract tourists back into into the town, which was has had zero tourists for a very long time, obviously during COVID. Um, and also the you know British Airways flies from Johannesburg that stopped flying during our latest lockdown, so that was another problem. But it seemed to be I was in a almost full aeroplane. Um, seemed to be two conferences on there. There were um, a lot of tourists from South Africa, quite a lot of Americans in town. Um, so the the number of foreign tourists from overseas is is starting to go up, which is interesting. And hopefully once we're off the UK red list, that will also start um, improving for for the tourism in the region. Um, so I think that was that was very positive. The one, the one, uh, and there's quite a lot of local tourism. There were two weddings um, there the, fun- the the weekend I was there, from Harare. People travelling locally. Um, who was also travelling locally was the president, who, um, as I was driving down a quiet a riverside road, suddenly got pushed off the road by screaming um, <coughs> sirens and lights and all of this, and pushed on into the bush and and counted while I sat there waiting for this travelling circus to go past. No less than thirty cars. And this is in a quiet resort town. I mean, I, I don't know what tourists must think seeing this um, going around. So I looked it up and it turns out the president was there to open these two conferences. And the interesting thing was when, when I pulled back onto the road, I saw an elephant standing right in the, <laughs> on the edge of the road in slightly in the bush. And I thought, had this elephant walked out, this is not an easy, um, a soft target. You know, that journey could have ended very differently for everybody. Anyway, that didn't seem extreme. So... Um, and then also just um, went through some farming areas and through Bulawayo. Now, Bulawayo is the second city of Zimbabwe, really suffered a lot from deindustrialization well before COVID from the economic um, uh, sort of woes of Zimbabwe. And you see a lot of factories have closed down there and in the small towns along the road, the main roads. Um, but what is good news is that the commercial farming seems to have really picked up. Um, Zimbabwe's had very good rains. And last year, or this last uh, agricultural year, the maize harvest was the highest in the past nearly 40 years, which is quite amazing, considering the, the, the trials and tribulations of agriculture in that country. And what's interesting is that there's a lot of white farmers back on the land. A lot of them are leasing land or sharing land, or they, they um, et cetera, different kinds of models. Um, and, the, and the president, Monagagwa, is a very passionate farmer. And he has really, um, uh, you know, tried to get the white, the white farmers and, and all farmers back onto the land. Um, and it seems to be working. I mean, I think um, there is still the occasional land grab, um, which doesn't seem to be stopped. But on the whole, he does seem to have gone to quite a lot of trouble to, to reactivate agriculture and apparently has a farm in, in Kwekwe, which is where I stopped over and um, flies out there most weekends in his helicopter, avoiding the roads, which, um, yeah, that's another <laughs> yeah. story. Well, Zimbabwe's roads were renowned for their brilliance and their wonder as our road infrastructure was collapsing. Of course, Zimbabwe's like great infrastructure and things were going well. Um, that's not the case anymore, I take it. 
Well, actually, what's happened is a lot of the, the main road from, say, Bulawayo to Harare and even to Big Falls, um, not bad at all, actually, the surface, but they're single highways. And so you've got a lot of people and, and thinking about the president's cavalcade in Victoria Falls, most of those luxury cars would have been driven from Harare or Bulawayo, like hundreds of kilometers away. And the driving, you know, there's just people are, are, are just overtaking dangerously. It's a very stressful situation. There's a lot of people on the side of the road. You know, what you've seen in Zimbabwe as a lot of the factories have closed, um, people have, it's become a, a nation of vendors, uh, as it's often described, people making a living on the buying and selling things, you know, and what you have in Zimbabwe is, um, uh, you've got two exchange rates, which is the black market rate and then the official rate. And the black market rate is is double the official rate. So a lot of people make money just through um, arbitrage of in, of these various currencies and things. Um, I think I've said this to you before. Don't ever ask how it works in Zimbabwe with the money, because it is just a um, it's it's really you have to live there to understand it. It is it is quite complex, but um, but you know that that is a real problem. Is this is the currency issue that. Um, you know, that, that you've got this huge spread between these two different rates. Nevertheless, that's made a lot of people rich. And I think that's where a lot of um, this new economic activity is, is seems to be coming from. You know, um, you're seeing a lot of building. Bulawayo has stayed much the same as it has been for the last sort of 50 years or so. But Harare seems to, uh, what you've seen there is what you see in a lot of African cities. Um, where the center of town is dying and people, all the big companies and people are moving out into the suburbs and, and mostly into the northern suburbs um, of Borrowdale and other places like that. So you're seeing a huge amount of construction of residential areas of, um, you know, light industry <clears throat> and things like that. Um, a lot of it looks unplanned, but, you know, as I said, this is, you know, just observing. But it's interesting to see how much is actually happening. So there's clearly quite a lot of money floating around. And I, I guess the question that people would ask is like, where is this money coming from, considering that the economy has not been in good shape for a very long time? And, and you know, I think there are different things. I talked about the, you know, the arbitrage. There's a lot of companies that are doing well, quite a lot of big companies. Um, and there's, there's a lot of remittances coming through from all over the world. Um, and then you've got a lot of, you know, corruption and, and smuggling of gold and diamonds. There's a lot of reports of that kind of thing from at high high levels and, and um, you know, contract fraud and money laundering, all this sort of thing. So I don't know, you know, I'm not saying that that's what's driving a lot of that. Um, but there is, um, it's an expensive place. You know, Zimbabwe has inflation of around 50%. Um, and then you've got the, the these different market rates, et cetera. So, so it is an expensive place, but it's just it's good to see that there's quite a lot happening there. I mean, it has Zimbabwe has always had potential, and I know that's the Africa's kind of middle name, if you like, is potential, and we're all waiting for that to be realised. But I think what it does show is that that you know that, that that things can happen and and do happen in Zimbabwe. It's a very resilient economy. Um, but that said, of course, many people extremely poor. You know, if there's a, any kind of drought. Um, you know, there's a real problem, particularly with power. And what you've got at the moment is the because of the good rains last year um, and, and early this year, uh, the Kariba Dam is, is much fuller than it has been. So the power, that's the main source of Zimbabwe's power. So, so that's been a good thing for the economy as well, is that the power has become a lot more regular and available. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of different things happening there. Um, you know, always interesting to see what's what's happening in of these course. countries. So. Hmm. Absolutely. Lovely part. anecdotal trip to Iona Games. Well observed. Thank you very much indeed, Chief Executive <laughs> of the Business Consultancy 
Africa at Work. Join Africa's largest trade and investment fair in South Africa. Intra-African Trade Fair gives you access to more than a 1,000 exhibitors, 10,000 visitors and buyers, 5,000 conference delegates in more than 55 countries. Participate in trade and investment deals worth 40 billion US dollars as businesses and government come together to explore business and networking opportunities at the International Exhibition. Brought to you by the African Export Import Bank and their premium partners, the Intra-Africa Trade Fair 2021, Transforming Africa.